Welcome, Podlers. F. Scott Fitzgerald's quote, There are no second acts in American lives, comes from The Last Tycoon, his portrait of Hollywood and the great American film executive, Irving Thalberg. This week's guest, David Smith, is a Hollywood film exec who already has a second and third act and is hoping his new AVOD service, You Look, will be a fourth. David talks about his career at Sky, 20th Century Fox and the launch of his new service and how he couldn't get arrested in Romania with The Simpsons. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, David. Welcome to the pod. Hi, hi, Danny. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's great to be here. Wow, absolute pleasure. Let's jump straight in. How did you um, get started in the world of TV? I saw that uh, Carlton was the first port of call, and I wondered if uh, there was a future prime minister working there at the time. There were a number of different sides to Carlton. Um, there was the there was the TV broadcaster, and that was the piece that I. Uh, worked for so I, I was in audience research and then there was Carlton Communications, Carlton Comms and that was um, sort of Hyde Park Corner and that was where David Cameron uh, resided and I never met him no. <laughs> it, it feels like more of a Knightsbridge kind of guy than uh, on on the advertising side. Yeah yeah absolutely right. And then where, how did things evolve from there? At that time I, I, so I, I went for a job at, at JWT which was before Mindshare, so it was it was a, a full service agency at that time, and I had really nice time there. Some great people, but but once you step out of, of TV and if if it's your thing, what occurred to me at that time is I wanted to get right back into TV as quickly as I could. So so then I moved to the BBC where I stayed for four years, and I was doing I started by doing media planning on BBC One, and then I moved into the scheduling team a couple of years after that. Um, and I was scheduling BBC One and BBC Two in, mm. in daytime. That was a really great time, actually. It was a really good, fun time. I fancied a bit of a change of a scene, a bit of a cold bath to get into, so I thought I'd go over to the Sky. And, and yeah, sure enough, moving from the BBC to the Sky was like getting into a cold bath, but it was, it was you know, I had a great time there too. And you ended up uh, heading acquisitions on the series side at, at Sky. Very big difference from... The world of the BBC, I think, I would imagine culturally. Yeah, I mean, it, it was culturally different, and certainly in those early years at Sky, it was it was sort of the tail end of the kind of mean, guttural. We're outsiders, and everyone hates us, and we like it that way. But then things began to change. Dawn Airy came, Sophie Turner Lang, who had a very good relationship, came along as well, and it, it started to move, I guess, towards um, being part of the establishment as it grew up and as it became it, it became more corporate and it became less kind of wild uh, than it than it had been when it was set up and and then you made the move to 20th century fox how hard was it making a shift from being a buyer to a seller first thing i noticed was that um if you're a broadcaster and and you're you're in acquisitions or scheduling or marketing wherever wherever it is broadcasting is quite a kind of a labor intensive endeavor and you're constantly in meetings because you're on the steering group of this and you've got to meet with scheduling to talk about that and here's marketing and here's finance and legal and stuff and so there was a lot of interaction a lot of meetings with other divisions and I didn't have a lot of time so one of the first things that was really surprising to me in joining Fox was the, the comparative kind of lack of clutter in the diary and the ability to to sort of just crack on and and do your job that was really interesting for me um 
certainly initially, and I was I was almost kind of worried about, you know, why, why aren't there more meetings in my diary? But it was it was something I got my head around pretty quickly. And you're, you're very much held to account for your numbers. And so there's a lot of kind of strategic purity in, in that, in, in being in being accountable um, in that way. And I, I, I kind of took to that. Um, I, I like that kind of sense of, of measurement. It keeps you on your toes. And, and I'm not a natural salesperson. I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that says, okay, guys, here's a great pitch. You know, just gather around. I've got, I'll, I'll talk nonstop for half. But I began to enjoy it a lot. And it, somebody likened it to just learning to fold your arms the other way. And so part, partly I, I did it because I wanted to demonstrate that I could do it. But I had a great time at Fox and, and uh, yeah, it was a wonderful culture to be part of and, and encouraged entrepreneurial spirit and encouraged accountability. To what extent do you need to be, as you describe, a natural salesman when you're, or salesperson when you're in a distribution job? How much selling actually happens when, you're, when you work for a major US studio? It depends on the mix of content that you've got. It's not that hard to sell Avatar or Home Alone and certain brands like that. You know, the, the, those, those are highly desirable and there will be competition for it. So it is about managing, managing that as, 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 as much as it is pure selling. But a lot of the content uh, that we had and were asked to represent was, was more challenging and, and didn't fit into neat little boxes that, that uh, invited competition. You did have to explain incentivize and to help buyers take to those properties to, to suggest ways in which audiences might might come to them so there was um it depended on which part you're talking about have you got examples what was what, if looking back what were the shows or the movies that you, you look back on and think actually that was really hard <laughs> I mean, selling the Americans into Russia is quite a challenging concept. FX is a really good example. A lot of the FX series are not that commercial. So you, you want to talk to clients who understand that and, and who, who want to nurture it and, and to, to bring an audience to it because it's FX content. One of the last things I did at Fox actually was, was, to, was to do a, an output agreement with the BBC for the, for the FX content. So it's that kind of thing. Um, that is a little bit more challenging and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm proud of those kinds of deals because, because they weren't the obvious thing to do. If you had to pick one show that you would have liked to have bought that you didn't get the chance to buy and one that you would have loved to have sold that you didn't get the chance to sell, what would, what would you pick? A really interesting question. I'd love to have bought Game of Thrones and a show that I would love to have sold um, I love Shit's Creek. We're watching that right now. I think that's a fantastic show. And, uh, you know, The Sopranos would have been a great thing too. But, you know, there's, so there's, a, there's a lot of that kind of high-end, um, I guess, more cable stuff that I kind of naturally feel an affinity with. But I think it's an interesting question when, when you're in a distribution role because there's part of you that wants to be associated with a show that has a lot of critical acclaim so for me that would be Breaking Bad that, right. was, a, that was a show that I brought into the international market and right. it was not an easy sell in in um, many ways but that's you look right. back and think that's that's a great show to to have one's name associated with but then there's also uh, that sense of wanting to have something that everybody really does want Breaking Bad didn't fall into that category immediately although it did later on so to have had The Simpsons 
for example, yeah. and to have been involved in some of those big bidding wars, particularly in the UK, that would have been very exciting, I think, from um, from yeah. a, a sales a sales point of view. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it's it, it, but it's different. It, it means different things in different countries, as you know. And so, so the Simpsons is is incredibly valuable here in the UK, um, but of course, it's it, it does, doesn't go everywhere. And you know, I remember couldn't get arrested trying to sell it in Romania, for instance, or or places like that. So yeah, I mean, I, but I do remember it's just you triggered my uh, memory about Breaking Bad. I remember you uh, selling Breaking Bad. I remember also I remember passing on it, and it's one of those things that you know, as a as a, as a lot of people did. Yeah, well, right. I mean, Jason Thorpe was the one who who, uh, who saw it first, or or was willing to right. invest in it first. Yeah, and it's it's and those when you see the potential of something that no one else sees, you're very proud of those moments and. And when you pass on something that becomes a huge hit, you kind of feel slightly like embarrassed about it too. So, yeah, I'm remember I'm familiar with both of those feelings. So um, there you are at 20th Century Fox. You've been there a long time. Yeah, it's a massive studio, mm-hmm. with very storied history. It's like a hundred years old. Right. And then suddenly, these reports are coming out that Disney are potentially going to buy it, which mm. just seems crazy as an outsider it seemed crazy what what was your reaction from being inside the camp because it's so So unexpected yeah yeah it was very unexpected so my first reaction was disbelief I actually I actually and and I mean that in in its truest sense I just simply didn't believe it because I didn't I didn't think it was credible it felt like it hadn't been that long since Fox had been associated with buying Warner Brothers for instance so it kind of felt that you know from my perspective well that doesn't happen to fox right fox is the one that buys but of course it it makes more and more sense the more you think about it at that time i'm not talking about the idea of fox being bought by disney makes more and more sense that's a separate thing but it was the beginning of what we're what we're still continuing to see play out in hollywood and the vertical integration of content and services is that's the move so it's it was it was simply the the kind of the opening um gunfire in, in the battle that continues to kind of be fought today really and you're now at an exciting time in launching a new avod service called ulit and right. uh, it would be great to find out more about that from my perspective avod feels like a natural space to be in because i think that's going to be the growth story for the next few years and You've got to satisfy two competing ambitions in AVOD. There's there's this tension between narrow and broad. And to be interesting to advertisers, which you've got to be if you're going to be a successful AVOD service, you've got to be specific and tightly targeted. And that tends to suggest niche and fan groups and specificity. But you've also got to be broad because you've got to attract enough eyeballs to be interesting so that you can scale. Um, and how you're able to satisfy both of those competing um, ambitions inside the same services that is the key. And so that's when uh, I thought, right, well, w- what we've got to do then is, we, is we've got to build a number of different channels, on-demand destinations, verticals. You've got to build and you've got to assemble a number of these different targeted destinations under one roof, powered by one engine, 
And that's the idea that I came up with. And, and, and that really formed the basis of You Look. And, and it's called You Look because I want people to come in and look. I want this to be a, a lean forward service as opposed to a lean back service. So it, it is set up in such a way as to kind of in, encourage discovery and encourage exploration um, and encourage dialogue. We, we, we want to have a dialogue with the audience. There's a there's an opportunity for audiences to interact with each other inside the service. So the, the, the ambition is for it to be a, um, a lean-in service very much. So that's you look. We went uh, live at about 5 p.m. on New Year's Eve um, So because I was very keen to launch in 2020. Um, and what's the content proposition? What, what can you get on you look? At the moment, you can get horror films you can get classic movies and classic tv you can get um food and drink your you can get um sports a sports offering at the moment there's motorsport but we're going to be adding extreme sports and boxing and some equestrian sports to that in in the coming weeks there's um, a food and drink offering uh there is shortly going to be a music offering which has got some jazz concerts some classical music um, some music awards shows, some rock docs, and so on. So, very much in the in the unscripted uh, arena at the moment, uh, notwithstanding the film content, some of the classic TV. But we certainly want to be in scripted uh, going forward. But you know, we're we're, we're going to be building it out to include other verticals. Like we want to be strong in fashion. We want to be strong in paranormal, in you know, in in travel, in history, um, and I think that's and, and in health and wellness. And, and I think that's probably that's probably enough to be kind of going on with for the moment, because we want to get to a point in a few months time where we can really drill down into the data and see what's working and what's not and then tilt the service towards greater consumption. And UK only or available internationally? U- UK and Ireland at the moment, although the, um, the classic films and, and the um, horror films piece is, is for the moment on, on a global basis, but everything else is, is territory specific. We can, we can turn territories on and off at the title level. So it's, it's, so it's pretty flexible that way, but, but by and large, yeah, UK and Ireland right now, um, international rollout probably in the years to come. How do you compete with the likes of Google and uh, the free to air guys who have already have a very strong offering right. in uh, in Avod, there's Pluto. It's it's a it's quite a tough market already. If we take a, a UK viewer, you know, well, let's think about the the things that they're going to need. Terrestrials, right? Everyone's got those. Premium sports and movies, okay. If 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 I'm into that, there's a there's an avenue I can get hold of those. A bundled SVOD offering, okay. I can I, I have my Netflix subscription, my Amazon Prime, maybe my Disney Plus, and so on. There's there's a there's a bundle there. What else? Well. I think what else is just give me something fun. Give, give me something that feels specific, that has a tone of voice, that is free, that I don't have to pay for, because I'm paying for enough right now. If I'm paying for a number of SVOD services, as well as for um, premium content on pay TV, I'm kind of, there's enough money going out of my account already, especially in these straightened times. So, so, so here's just something that's, a little bit different that has a bit of color and is free that's where we where we see our opportunity and big challenges in doing this during lockdown the early months of lockdown 
from I guess late well March through to sort of May were actually quite helpful because that was when I was doing the most amount of kind of navel gazing and thinking about designing the service and what it should be and talking to people about brand and talking to platforms about being tech suppliers and you don't have to be that kind of present to do that but certainly getting out there now and talking to content suppliers and talking to those on the advertising side of the business yeah that, that, that there's a lot of zoom calls I'd love to do more in person and and we will be doing more in person I'm sure in, in due course well, exciting times. Uh, yeah. It's amazing to launch something and to um, to have that opportunity to to try something. I, I think that's amazing. This is the part of the show where I I ask my guests for their um, their lockdown media. What would be the book, film, album, and box set that if they were in a lockdown situation, what would get them through that? something that you think that would be if there was one of those that would be the one i find myself reading either political books or or historical books not a lot of fiction the, the book that i read which i would will read another time actually because it was it's, it's great it's called um it's called the opium wars and it's 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 one of these fascinating stories that we don't know enough about and it's it's really about the genesis of Hong Kong. Why was it that Hong Kong existed as part of the British territories off the coast of China? So I'd love to go back and, and, and read that again. In terms of fiction, there's a, a, a book I've read more than once, when I, and I will read it again one, one time when it's time, is Brideshead Revisited. I just think that's a fantastic story. And film, my favourite film is Adaptation, which is, is, is a, a film that you'd have sold. Um, but Absolutely. And that's just a great film, endlessly inventive and utterly subversive and just fantastic. I love that movie. Okay, that's a, that's a new choice. That's taken us in a new direction, which is great. We love innovation. Album, I might have to come back to that one in a sec, but we can talk about a box set. So The Americans, I think, is one of one of the all-time great series, but it's not, it's not one that a lot of people talk about. So when people talk about the some of the greatest series certainly of recent years you breaking bad will be on the list game of thrones will be on the list the sopranos will be on the, on the list but the americans doesn't always make that list and and it's it's a partly because it's a slightly kind of it's an understated show there's nothing particularly kind of showy about it but but it is absolutely wonderful and it is i think it's the my favorite series of all time and I'm aware that I haven't answered the question on album. Okay, you'd, have, you'd either have no music in lockdown or it's, that's what I call music, 243. <laughs> yeah, it probably would be that, that, um, that volume now, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay, well, David Smith, thank you so much for uh, coming on the pod. And um, we will all, I, I'm sure, be on the lookout for the new service. And, thank you. Uh, and enjoy having something else that's free in our lives, which has always got to be um, thought of as a, as a very good thing. Thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, um, have a great year. Thank you.